Welcome to the Sports Study Podcast. Podcast is sponsored by nobody. Today, we're going to be talking about a couple of topics. First thing is Kyrie Irving headed back on the NBA hardwood to play basketball after he apparently apologized. Let's hear the story here. This is from ESPN. Brooklyn Nets guard Kyrie Irving gave his most formal apology to date. Wait, okay. On Saturday, saying clearly he is not anti-Semitic and that he wanted to apologize deeply. Let me see if I can move this over here so I can see it. Alright, the screen's not coming up, it just froze. What the fuck? Okay, we're not off to a good start. We are not off to a good start. Alright, I think we got it now. Let's try this again. He said he's not anti-Semitic and he wants to apologize deeply for his social media posts around a book and movie centering around anti-Semitic ideas. This is what Irvin said in an interview with SNY. He says, quote, I never have been and I don't have any hate in my heart for the Jewish people or anyone that identifies as a Jew. I'm not anti-Jewish or any of that. And it's been difficult to sit at home with my family and them seeing all this and having questions. The part that hasn't been hard to explaining myself because I know who I am. I know who I represent. But I think the difficult aspect is just processing all of this. Understanding the power of my voice, the influence I have. I am no one's idol. But I am human being that wants to make an impact and change. In order to do that, I have to live responsibly and set a great example for the youth. For my greater for my generation and the elder generation. So Kyrie Irving apologizing, bowing down to the media mob because he understands that he will not get a job ever again in the NBA, which is how he makes his money. So now I don't whether you whatever side you stand on on this, I don't think it matters because the bottom line is Kyrie should not have had to apologize he didn't create the movie the movie been around for years it's on Amazon's platform which is owned by Jeff Bezos why is he apologizing he didn't say anything he didn't tell people to go see it he didn't say I like this movie I think it's great he didn't give any commentary about the movie. So. To make him go through all of this. Just to get back in the NBA. Shows. How bad. This situation is. And it exposes. What. Kanye West was talking about. About people controlling certain industries and basically making you bow down. This is a bigger picture here, folks, because 
we just finished coming off the COVID lockdowns and the the whole vaccine thing and everybody losing their job for that and people being locked down in different countries. And now the whole world has watched a pro athlete get his balls snatched from under him for basically no reason. And being told, this is what you must say. Let's make no mistake about it. What he is saying is what they're telling him to say now. You want to make 30 plus million dollars a year ever again? You better say this or else. And he's doing it. He's doing it. And while we like to get behind and support people who have taking that fight on but a lot of times these people come right back they fold under pressure now I'm not really here to talk about the pressure he's under I'm just explaining the situation and what's going on whether you agree with it or not that's up to you and because many people in that situation probably would have did the same thing especially if you know you make a living playing basketball. That's how you make your money. That's how you support your family. And will you bow down to not lose that? Pretty sure 99% of people would not bow down. There was, I mean, they would bow down, excuse me. They would say, oh, shit. The problem is that, one, Kyrie is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. So he doesn't really have a leg to stand on from a financial standpoint. Now you could say, well, he made a lot of money in his career. He should have been willing to throw that away. He should have stood on his principle. Maybe. But one thing we know about people, we don't know what, what they do with their money. We can't pocket watch. Yes, guys make a lot of money. But if you haven't made a lot of money, you don't just stop making a lot of money. You want more money. And you don't want to lose money. Okay. So it's easy for us in the background to say, oh, well, he made a lot of money. He shouldn't be worried about it. No. When you make a certain amount of money in your life, you want to keep making money. That's the goal. You don't just stop and say, I'm going to live. No. This guy is, is 29, 30 years old, right? You think he's just going to stop working the rest of his life and stop making money? No. This guy can triple and quadruple his his earnings for the rest of his life doing something else. And when sponsors pull away, that money starts to come down because you still got to pay for your lifestyle. You still got to pay, you know, whatever you're doing. So we don't know what is what he's doing. So I really don't like to get into that. Oh, he made enough money. If you know anything about people who made a lot of money, they don't just stop making money because they got money. They want more. Right? Bill Gates, um, Warren Buffett, these people are always trying to make more money. They don't just stop because they're old. So, let's just get that out the way. Now, the facts in this situation is that Kyrie will be a free agent. He's in the final year of his contract. I think he's making about $36 million. He had to do this if he wanted a career in the NBA. 
He's not old. He's 29, 30. He could probably got another good four or five years in him in the NBA, especially in his weak era. Right, because this era is extremely weak. And we'll get into that in another day, but... Because that's mostly my opinion. Obviously, I'll be clear on that. I know most people don't agree, but that's my opinion. So I give him another four or five years where he could still play at a... At a solid level. At an all-star level. If his mind is right. So, he needs another contract. For that to happen. And if he didn't apologize, say if he would have stood on his principle and say, you know what, this is what I believe, I'm sticking to it. No NBA team is going to touch him. At least for a year or two. And then, who knows if he gets back to the NBA. Because when you're not around a year or two, get into your 30s now things are looking different so this is why he's doing all this i don't think he's reversing course because he believe what he shared he has a different opinion about it no i think he still believes that but he understands that he's prioritizing he wants to continue to make money he wants to work he wants to take care of his family and maybe he didn't think about that at the moment. Maybe he thought it was an innocent sharing. Because the calculation of this doesn't add up, right? Because you're like, well, you're, you're in the final year of your contract. Why would you do that? Did he do this because he was hoping Brooklyn would release him? They could go play somewhere else? I don't know what he was thinking. Because I know people thought Brooklyn would release him. And I always said, ah, I don't know if they're going to do that. Because from a talent standpoint, he's still kind of valuable. I think they was going to wait it out. They may even trade him before they release him because they want to get something back. So they, they suspend him. They hope he comes around, apologizes, uh, bow down to the knee. He'll come back. He'll play a bunch of games, put up some good numbers, and they might even ship him out. I wouldn't be surprised if Kyrie Irving got traded once the dust settles in this whole situation. They might even just ship him out to like fucking a team that no one will even talk about. He could end up in like Sacramento or some shit. Like it's kind of like that. Like I don't know about Sacramento, but somewhere like that, he could end up being traded to like Sacramento, Utah, or or some team that you don't even hear about that comes out of nowhere. Because I think Brooklyn is like, eh, we're done with you. But we're not done with you yet. Give us some value so we can ship you out. And it's and as long as he's playing and he's in the NBA, there'll be there will be a team that might take him, especially with the expiring contract, second half of the season, you know. Depending on what they had to give up, get the contract off the books. Especially if the Nets agree to pay the rest of the contract. I don't know how that works. I know in baseball, teams agree we'll pay this amount for you to take them off on our hands or whatever. So I could see a situation where maybe Brooklyn trades Kyrie at some point 
before the deadline to try to get something back. Because they already got what they wanted. They wanted to, he's bowed down. He's did everything they asked. He's donated money. So they won this war. And that's the point is them winning to let you know this is what happens when you disobey us. Even if you didn't say nothing. Just by thinking it, we will crush you. And that's what you're seeing happening in real time with Kyrie Irving, with Kanye West, and others. And the bigger examples are usually with the black people because in this country, and I know I'm getting away from sports a bit, the uprising of black people that have like an independent thought. Not the uprising of black people that are in the group think tank, like the people who, like the black people, like the BLM people who are mostly invested and will do whatever a white liberal tells them. And that I believe they're victims of like some shit that happened thousands of years ago. I'm talking about the independent thinking black people, like the Kyrie Irving types, the Royce White types, the Kanye West, these type of black people who think for themselves and they don't want that because if you could think for yourself and uprise people to follow they won't be able to control they can't control these type of people so they're putting it out there hey look what we just did to Kanye West he was a billionaire 24 hours later his net worth is gone it came down we crushed him Look what we're doing to an NBA basketball player that thinks he can think outside the box. We crushed him. Notice you haven't heard much from Jonathan Isaac lately. Jonathan Isaac was one of the guys who came out and spoke out against the vaccines early on last year. Now, he's not a big-time player, so he wasn't a real threat. But he has been quiet. He doesn't get any press. He doesn't get any notoriety, no nothing. I don't even know if he's still in the NBA. Look what uh, Enos Freedom, when he spoke out, they got rid of him. And these guys, Freedom was under 30. So Royce White, same thing. Blackmail, out the league. So they're setting examples. And Kyrie's the biggest name that has resisted, or at least has some attempted to resist the new world orders the new world order so they put him back in line right you better get back in line boy or we'll make things bad for you they already was pissed off at him they was already watching him because of his stance on the vaccine and then now this they're like oh no you gotta do this this and that if you wanna even think about coming back and you better apologize. It better be convincing. So that's what happened. And if you notice, even the people who first criticized Kyrie on the vaccine, like guys like Stephen A. Smith, who early last year, I think it was last year when he made a case, he said, who do you think you are? Like, if you're not playing basketball, no one will care what you got to say. Like, you know, basically just down talking to him like you you ain't nothing if you ain't playing basketball. And that's the mindset in the sports community. Like, 
Oh, you think you're going to independently think for yourself? We'll take your career away. Then no one will listen to you. Then you won't even have a voice. And that's how they treat people who are used for their own commodity. Like you're just a basketball player. You're just a musician. If you're not doing that, we don't care what you got to say. And that kind of sucks, right? Because it's like, that's how they keep you grounded. That's how they keep you, keep the control over you. And so, so Kyrie's coming back down to earth. You know, he's, he's bent the knee, you know, he's, and he's going to fold. Unfortunately, others have not folded. Others like Royce White and, and uh, Enos Freedom. They're fighting, and it's unfortunate. But I'm not saying I'm not saying this to talk down on Kyrie because I think Kyrie opened up. Uh, he exposed further how this works, right? So we've seen it with Kanye, kind of. Oh, Kanye's crazy, blah blah blah. Like, but now we see it, they did it with Kyrie, and you're starting to see the agenda and how they really roll. And how quick they will jump on a black athlete or a black person who wants to think differently. How fast they will jump on you to shut you down very quickly. Like you have no chance. Like you better apologize or else. And um, not just black uh, notable people. I mean, they do it to all anybody. I mean, we've seen... How they shut Andrew Tate down. But Tate did have a little bit of time. Right? He's coming back now. He's back on Twitter. But he had time to talk his stuff. Over time. I mean other people had time to build up their brands. From that point of view. But Kyrie didn't even do shit. He just said hey. Here's a link. Boom. Shut down. Kanye didn't do anything really. He just you know. I mean I don't know. I guess. Depends on how you view it but I think there's a larger picture here I don't think these people are shutting them down because they really care about what they said it's just more so of oh whoa how dare you be bold and that's the underlining factor here is like how dare you be bold enough to even think differently or have a different opinion that we do not approve of and I think that's that's the danger that we live in. And like I said, it's happening to many people, not just black people. The reason why I'm singling out black people is because I think when black people wake up as a whole, everyone else, that's when it really gets, it blows up. It's like, oh shit. Like when the black people get out of the matrix and they wake up, then it's over. It's like, because they've been able to have a stronghold over the black people for decades. And now they're starting to expand that stronghold over other people. And black people were the first test dummies of this new world order structure, like far as controlling, right? Get rid of the nuclear family. Look at the numbers now of 
single parent households are now rising amongst white populations when it was pretty low even during the time when it was experimenting on the black families now the white populations are starting to grow because white populations are starting to integrate into this culture of dysfunction that has been dominated by the black community for decades and um it's starting to spread out so that's why it's important to have the black community to wake up because they can stop it we can stop it I say they because you know I'm already awake but I'll say we we can stop it um but we'll see what happens will there be other people behind Kyrie that'll come out and, and take on the fight I don't know only time will tell uh, only time will tell of course so so Kyrie will play well he's questionable we don't know he might play Sunday might not we'll see what happens with that Nets have gone 5-3 and three without Kyrie in the lineup uh so we'll see if Kyrie will be back on Sunday. We'll be watching that. Let's move on to what we got here. Another topic. I don't know. I did, I did go a little long on that. So we may talk about one more thing, then I'll move on. Let me see if I can find something to talk about. There was something I did want to touch on. Oh, yeah. Isaiah Thomas. Not the uh, Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas. The five foot nine Isaiah Thomas. Now, Isaiah did an interview recently talking about how he doesn't get a chance in the NBA because he's five foot nine. Now you remember the guy had he he had that one really great season in Boston and he uh he got hurt before he was able to get that big big contract and he was uh so he didn't get the deal which was smart I mean Boston traded him I think they ended up trading him cuz they knew he wouldn't be able to hold up which was smart. I mean, I don't blame Boston for doing that. They had to do what was uh, best for them. But a lot of fans were upset about it. Oh, how dare you do him like that? You should have paid him, given the money, blah, blah, blah. Like, all this other shit. You know how fans are. Fans are fanatics. They wanted to pay guys for what they used to do, whatever. But... So Isaiah Thomas was talking about how he didn't get an opportun enough opportunities. Isaiah Thomas, who is 33 years old, right? Right now. Five foot nine. He was a second round pick back in 2011 by the uh, Sacramento Kings. He was the last pick in the draft. Good player, right? He, he, he's, a, he's a good scorer, good player. He had a good career. I mean, for a guy that's five foot nine, he's still active in the NBA as far as technically he hasn't retired, so he's still active. He's a free agent. 
But he played in Sacramento for three years. Then he played for the Phoenix Suns. Then he played for the Celtics. And that's when he had the breakout. Right? He played for Celtics for three years. He had that one breakout MVP year. Then he ended up in Cleveland for a year. That's when they traded him. I think that was that Kyrie Irving trade. Then he ended up with the Lakers. Then he ended up with Denver. Then he ended up with the Washington Wizards. Then he ended up with New Orleans. Then he played for the Grand Rapids Gold. I don't know what that is. That may be a G League team. Yes, that's a G League team. Then he back to the Lakers. And then Dallas. Then back to the Grand Rapids Gold. And then the Charlotte Hornets. So, his last NBA stop was in 2022, which was this year. He played with the Charlotte Hornets and the Grand Rapids Gold with Dallas. This guy's been around the league. And he's on video crying in an interview. I'm not going to say crying. I'll say whining about not getting any opportunities. Who else would have got these kind of opportunities? You're a five foot nine scoring guard. Most guys in the NBA could score because of the error. You don't play defense. You can't stop anybody. You can't guard a chair. Why would a team waste a roster spot on you? Think about that. Yes, you can score the basketball. So can everybody else in the NBA. Some may not be to be as good as you, but everybody can get a bucket. It's the NBA. So that does not make you stand out to where a team would say, oh, okay, well, we'll get rid of this guy and bring you in because of what you did in Boston five years ago, six years ago. That means nothing. You've had chance after that Boston season, you got hurt, your hip injury, you might be fully recovered. Maybe. Good for you. But since then, you've been on, you've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You've had eight chances since leaving Boston. Eight. But he's saying that he hasn't getting he doesn't get opportunities because he's five foot nine. But you've had Eight opportunities since leaving Boston. Eight. And a few of those teams have been there twice. I don't understand what is he what is he talking about here? Like what is he talking about? Is he trying to guilt his way onto a contract? Like what what are we talking about here, Isaiah? Look, I like the guy from a basketball standpoint. I don't know him personally, but when he was with the Kings, I liked him. Him, Rudy Gay, Cousins. Nice little one, two, three there. But we have to be realistic. You can't keep living off of what you did in Boston when we're in 2022. Boston was a long time ago. You've had eight 
chances since Boston to make a comeback and get a spot in the NBA. So it was all these teams just saying, eh, we don't like you. Come on. You were an MVP candidate in Boston. You got hurt. And that's the reality for a guy that at that size where you get a major injury, it's going to be very hard to get a good look again. Especially when even back then you weren't even known to guard anybody. You just could score. So you were able to they overlooked that. But coming off an injury? Come on. You got to be realistic. Look. I understand that he's he he's a, he, he thinks he could still score in the NBA. He probably could. You feel like if he gets 25 minutes a night, but no one's going to just give you 25 minutes a night. You got to earn it. What, you're going to say, oh, because I was an MVP candidate in Boston five years ago. I deserve 25, 25 minutes a night. Come on, you're talking about going up against the best of the best every night in practice. And then when you're playing in the he, he did two stints in the G League this year and last year. Those guys are hungry. Think they're going to roll over and give, give it to you because, oh, that's Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas. He was a former MVP candidate. We're just going to lay down and let him win the job. No. If anything, you'd probably be more of a target because when a guy like that comes to the G League, everybody's licking their chops. Like, oh, yeah. If I can get off on him, people will notice because this guy was an MVP candidate. So I'm pretty sure guys went at you hard. You might have helped a bunch of guys get jobs, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean... Because guys probably stepped their game up in those games when they went up against IT because they knew IT is a name, right? But it's unfortunate. I mean, look, Isaiah, maybe you should do what Dwight Howard has done. You know, Dwight Howard went over to uh, China or Taiwan, wherever he went, and went to go play ball. Maybe you need to go over there, go to China, get your confidence back. I always say China is the league where NBA players go to get their confidence up. Go over there, average 50, 60 a night. Maybe you get a camp look in a year. Or just wait around because the guys get hurt, they'll call you. I mean, we got all these guys low managing and getting injured. You know... And if you're not getting calls, there must be a reason. So I don't know. I really don't. All I can say is that you shouldn't be whining. You've had a great career basketball-wise. You've done something that most people in the world could not accomplish. You couldn't have a 11-year uh, NBA career as a five-foot-nine human being. Very hard to do. You've been on dying. Even after having that major injury, you still had eight chances after that. So people must have valued your skill set at some point. Because you don't get you don't come off a major injury at five foot nine and get eight chances to play. So I think he'd be very inconsiderate in trying to 
play on some kind of disability. I don't know what his angle was when he was saying, oh, uh, it's because I'm five nine. Like, come on, don't play the victim. Like, I don't understand these athletes today. They're all playing victim. Like, when did this start? These guys are all victims. They're all playing victims. It's like this, the softest, most sensitive error in sports history. I just don't understand it. Like, when do these guys become so sensitive? You got Kevin Durant responding every day to some critic, giving quotes about, oh, trying to play me, my team sub, blah, blah, blah. Like, just shut up and dribble. Like, I don't understand what's going on here. Like, unbelievable. I don't know. Well, we're going to wrap this episode up of the Sports Study Podcast. Don't forget to uh, follow us on Twitter at Sports Steady PC, as well as YouTube at Sports Steady TV, Facebook Sports Steady, and Instagram at Sports Steady as well. So that's it for this episode. We'll see you guys next week, and peace out.